Morning, everyone. How you all doing? Yeah, good. My name's Jono. I'm part of the team here at One Hope. If you're a guest or visiting with us, so glad to have you along. And uh, 10.30 on New Year's Day. Go on. You are capital B Baptists, hey? Uh, it was a really hard sell over at our Moolap congregation, 9.30 on New Year's Day. But they really love Jesus too. Um, well, uh, someone said to me this morning, um, Happy New Year's. And my response was about to be Merry Christmas. And then I was like, oh, hang on. It's... It's, uh, that's right, it's Happy New Year's, not Merry Christmas, like felt like a day ago. Uh, that transition from Mariah Carey to Hot Cross Buns was a very quick one, wasn't it? <laughs> hey, lickety split, we're onto it. Well, New Year's Day, resolutions, all that kind of stuff where people deal with like reality versus what they want for the year. So why don't we kick things off by just checking out the screen for a, uh, a quick uh, dose of reality. Thanks, team. There you go, that'll do. Uh, by show of hands, has anyone ever tr- needed to try and catch an iron and they knocked it off an ironing board? There was three of us at a Moolap congregate. You only do that once, don't you? You only do that once. As I said, welcome. Um, we're kicking off a series during January um, titled My Life Changed. My Life Changed dot, dot, dot. And uh, we're going to have some great, uh, hear some great stories um, of God working in people's lives uh, over, over January and uh, my opportunity and um, privilege to kick things off today. So... My, my childhood was pretty vanilla, really. Um, here's a, here's a, fo- a photo of um, young, young Jono in uh, primary school. And uh, you can see here, there you go. Come from a long line of family of lovers of short shorts and uh, good, good library bags. Pretty, um, pretty uh, mundane kind of high school years for me where uh, I kind of, um, I would say endured high school. And, uh, but my, the monotony was broken up very occasionally when one of these appeared in our um, high school rooms when we... Who can remember these bad boys? Yeah, the roster students pushing it in, almost having a hernia. We don't have these anymore because a couple toppled on students and they passed away. But anyway... And uh, high school was also, and uni age for me, was also the uh, key time of this next photo as well. Let's see if anyone, can anyone remember some of those bad boys? 
Who had at least one of those phones? Show of hands. Who still has one of those phones? Yes, up the back. Very good. Your, your grandma has one of those and it still works. Perfect. Your nanny has two, but they don't work. Anyone else got a nan? No, okay. There's certainly a strong kind of nostalgia of adolescence, isn't there, for a lot of people. You look back and you're like, oh, those felt like some great days. And then as an adult, you realise it was because your parents were doing and paying for everything for you. But anyway, you look back and kind of fondly, and uh, I was really privileged to grow up as part of a church. My dad uh, was and still is a church uh, pastor. And so I had some very well-meaning people in the life of our church um, on occasion say to me something like, oh, you're going to be just like your dad. You're going to be a church pastor. And um, as, a, as a teenager, I thought, no, I am not. Like, that's the last thing you want to hear as a teenager, isn't it? That you're going to be like your mum or your dad. Thanks very much. But here I am, and that's a story for a different day. But you know, my, my theological development, my understanding of God was um, strongly shaped by you know, going along to Sunday school, sometimes willingly, sometimes probably dragged is a, is a too strong a word. But, you know, I was, I was there because mum and dad were there. And I brought with me today uh, this book, What the Bible is All About for Young Explorers. And so this was a prize that I received in Sunday school, um, a prize. Um, I came number one in our class. Um, it was a small church, so I might have been the only kid in that class, but still, let's not gloss over that. Uh, and it says, presented to Jonathan Broadbent. Jonathan, you know it's official, official when your full name is used. Um, on learning the books of the Bible, August 1988. Some of you weren't born in 1988. But I remember learning, learning the order of the books of the Bible and Bible verses. And at the time I thought, oh, this, is this kind of pointless? Like, oh, what's going on here? And some of you may be the same. But I look back now and I think, man, that was actually a real blessing to me. Uh, my life changed from an early age when I began to realise the privilege and the blessing of being part of a church family and the opportunity to know God for ourselves. Okay, so I'm not the only one, like, you know, I got the A plus in this bad boy, but uh, over to you now, and uh, without, it, without it coming up on the screen, thanks media team, if I were to say to you, John 3, 16 and 17, in your heads, you would go something like, and I'll give you a moment, okay? All right, don't, don't go shouting out the answer. John 13, 16 and 17. Or some of you got it. Let's, let's chuck it up on the screen and I'll read it out where it says these well-known words. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that who, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. How's this? For God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Through him. Okay, we're going to take a moment now. We're going to rip the floaties off and chuck you into the deep, into the deep end of the pool. And without shouting it out, okay, we all know this verse. But who was Jesus speaking to when he said those words? Who was Jesus speaking to when he said those words? Some of you are like, I know this. Oh, come on. Jesus was speaking to a man and his name was Nicodemus. Nicodemus had come to Jesus with a whole heap of really great questions. And Jesus had given him some even better answers. And Nicodemus had come at night time, almost in secret by himself, whether because he didn't want anyone else to see or he kind of, maybe that was a moment too where Jesus wouldn't be as distracted. And Nicodemus comes with all these questions. 
And Jesus' response, uh, responses are deep and they have Nicodemus thinking a lot. I think, you know, have you ever asked a question where you're like, I think, I'll, okay, the, the answer should be pretty simple. But instead, Nicodemus gets an answer to his questions where he's like, oh man, I have more to think about. And so Jesus talks to Nicodemus and his head is reeling as he, as he says things like, well, Nicodemus, like to come into God's kingdom, you need to be born again. And Nicodemus, like the rest of us, without any uh, preconceived knowledge would be like, how does that work, Jesus? Like physically, um, uh, just the logistics, I'm caught on that a little. And Jesus is like, no, 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 not physically, like in your heart, spiritually, you need to be, it's like you need to be born again to encounter and know the love of God and to know God himself. And so Nicodemus is like, okay, his, his heart and mind are already rattling. And then, and then later on in the conversation, and we pick it up in John 3, 8, Jesus says this to Nicodemus, which doesn't do anything to unconfuse things. He says, Nicodemus, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And there Jesus, uh, Jesus is talking about the Spirit of God, the presence of Jesus that is um, offered to and given to every believer who hands their life over into God's hands. So Nicodemus is like, what the heck? Like, I thought this was gonna clarify things, but this has made things even more confusing. I, I grew up in Warrnambool, so the wind really needs no explanation there. Like you can tell which way the wind is blowing by what the footy scores after each quarter, okay? One team will get 14 goals, the other team won't get it past the centre. But just to go back when I said my life changed early on, my life, I feel like changed significantly when I, I grew up in a footy and netball club and so lots of just normal Aussie crew doing their thing and trying to li live their best life and I, I, I felt like I fit fit in there pretty well. Like I enjoyed playing footy and the camaraderie and things that came with that. But then there'd be moments where I would observe the life of my friends and my teammates and I would just think, is that the best we've got? Is that the best we can do? Because I would see my friends trying to find meaning and purpose in their lives and, and make every attempt to be the best people that they could and to, you know, be generous and kind and all these things, be great, be great teammates and form community and bless other people. And then I would just go, oh man, but where you're trying to find meaning just doesn't seem to be working for you. And then I would connect it and go, there's a place and a time where I feel like I experienced something that contrasts with that so much. And my mind would go to the, to the church that we were part of, that my dad would pastor. And it wasn't, it wasn't a fancy church. But it was full of people who loved Jesus and wanted to follow him passionately. And on occasion, I would, I would go along with dad as he would be invited to visit a, a, a church, a smaller church, even off in a more country area. So we would drive maybe half an hour or maybe at times we would drive an hour and we'd come to this little church and sometimes there might be a big crowd and there'd be like 24 people there and other times there might be five. And I remember as a young person, as a kid and a teenager going in there and thinking like, what's happening here? What's happening here? And something within me felt like it was good and it was right. And there was people who would worship and, you know, sing some pretty easy to remember songs and someone would have a crack at playing the piano or organ or guitar, whether they were good at it or not. But it would be really precious to them. And as a young person, I would hold up my experience at my local footy club of people who were looking for meaning and purpose and then I would think about those people in those small churches and go, they seem to have more meaning and purpose and yet they don't seem to be doing anything fancy, anything glamorous, but their life seems to be full of something and something good. 
And my life changed pretty early on when I realised that people who follow Jesus, people who gather together to follow Jesus, that's called the church, that the church has a different story to tell to the world. That you and I have a different story to tell. One time as a church, we were encouraged and invited, um, probably challenged to pray for people that we knew that were close to us that didn't have a relationship with Jesus yet. And so Ellie, my wife and I, we, we thought of this particular person straight away and began to, began to pray for them every day. And we invited them on the Alpha course so they could learn about Jesus for themselves. And they came along. And there was a Saturday where we went on a retreat and it was a great day. It was going really well. And you know, when you really feel like you're doing your bit in God's plan, well, that was us anyway. And, and it got to lunchtime and it was at this old campsite. And there was an old campsite meant old ovens. And so these gas ovens, we were getting them going, cooking up, warming up whatever food it was. And and, and one of the ovens was really stuck and it wouldn't ignite and wouldn't get going. And so our friend, we're leaning over it. Anyway, the next thing, whoosh, like it lit. And the build-up of gas, our friend kind of went, whoa, and pulled her head back. And she was physically, like she was physically fine. Like there was a big ball of fire. But she was fine apart from that her eyebrows had been burnt off completely. And for a moment, Ellie and I just like, oh God, you've ruined your own plan here. Like, now what are the chances that someone would say yes to Jesus for themselves after having their eyebrows incinerated? And do you know what? That day they did. They put their life in God's hands and they've never been the same. And I think of our friend and some of the challenges that they've had to deal with in their own life, some of the complexity and just, I think, man, but for the grace and the presence of God, where would our friend be? And they have hope and they have purpose and they found meaning in their life. And I'm just like, God, you are incredible. We have a different story to tell. We have a different story to tell about how as fragile and broken people, you look around, you think God has transformed that person's life and they've become a, a witness, an ambassador to, as to what the power of God can do. And this is the language that Jesus is using with Nicodemus where he says, it's like the wind, Nicodemus. It's not gonna make sense at time, but when it comes, you'll know and it'll come in power and things will change. And you and I, we become witnesses to an unseen reality. And we get to participate in that if we choose to. I'd like to share with you briefly two, two different pictures that for me um, illustrate this. And I've seen it work in my own life and maybe you've seen it in yours uh, too. Uh, over the last couple of years, I've, um, I've started to enjoy veggie gardening. Um, a more middle-aged thing I couldn't think of. So if you want to gather in the foyer afters, we can talk about gardening Australia and how to propagate things. It'll be a beautiful conversation. But I remember us being away for a few days and I've been looking out for these, my veggie garden and, and, and fruit trees. And my wife, Ellie, she said to me, you seem distracted. Like, is your mind somewhere else? And I'm just, just thinking about cucumbers. That's all it was. Anyway, we got home and, and here's a photo of one of our fruit trees. We got home to, I got home to find this. Can you see that? It's like it's been struck by lightning, the stupid thing. Like it just had just come apart. And anyway, our friends quickly told us, like, oh, we've had a fair bit of wind here in Geelong. And so the wind had just torn apart this tree. And, you know, I look at this, I got back and I'm just like, man, I, sometimes I feel like this tree in my, in my faith and, my, and walking with Jesus. Because that tree was perfect. It looked so good. It had so much fruit on it. It was staked up. It was like people would come past and even people that were just 
pretending they had an interest. They're like, that's a pretty good looking tree. Like, look at that. And here it is just split apart. I don't know if you've ever experienced those words of Jesus to be true. Just like he said to Nicodemus, the power of God is that, powerful. And I think of my own life where there's times where I've just tried to, you know, probably have it all together. There might have even been seasons where I was growing fruit. Like the Bible talks about having a relationship with God and that would be evident to other people. And maybe it was even a season like that for you too. But things just tore apart. The times in my life where I've experienced that are not because anything of, that God has or hasn't done or should have done differently, but largely it's been because of my response to it. And my response has been, no, don't like the wind. I just want to stay like this. This is a lot easier. And so just like that tree, I'm like, I'm going to resist the wind. I'm like, I'm just going to do everything I can to, to be like this. If you identify with that, the good thing is we're not alone. The writer of Acts, uh, the book in the Bible, says this in Acts 7.51. It says, you stubborn and hard-headed people, you're always fighting against the Holy Spirit, just as your ancestors did. We're not alone. This is all of humanity that we would say, we, we acknowledge that God wants to do something new in our life and we feel the breeze starting to blow and we go, no, thank you. No, nah, no, thanks. And our sense of autonomy and rebellion towards God can run really deep. And, and if, if you feel like this, if we feel like this, then the words that Jesus spoke to Nicodemus about the wind blowing and the presence of God coming are gonna feel like nothing but a threat to you and I. Because we'll be like, wind, don't blow too hard. Wind, don't tell me that I'm dependent on the grace of God. No, 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 I'm, I'm just here and I'm fine. And if that's you and I, that feels like bad news. But there's also another group of people and that group of people, for them, this passage, those words that the Spirit of God will come is absolutely thrilling. And it's thrilling for the people that say and acknowledge, I am utterly hopeless apart from the love and the mercy of God. I'm utterly hopeless and I'm utterly lost. Gee, I'm a mess. The people that would even go to, as far to say, I'm absolutely dead in my sin and dysfunction. There's no way I can get myself out of this. And those people, those are the people, and I pray that it would be you and I in 2023, that we would be able to say, wherever the wind wants to blow, let it blow. May it do as it wishes. The second um, illustration I'd like to share with you, and um, if we can have the picture up in a minute, media team, not just yet. Uh, I, when, um, when I visit my mum and dad, they live um, at this nice little coastal town. It's got a beautiful beach and it's got quite a long bridge out to an island. And so you can uh, walk and run along the bridge and go around the island. It's fantastic, sun shining, all that kind of thing. And so um, stereotypical Aussie male, I'll go out for a jog. And um, the, the tough thing is like, you know, when you're getting pretty fatigued when you're exercising and so you're like, I just need to stop and take it easy. But then when someone else sees you, what do you do? You've got to keep on going. You've got to make it look like you're doing better and that you're not in pain. So this bridge is like just a one-way path of torment for me. Anyway, across the bridge and hanging laps around this island. It's kind of this big round island and it's, it's mostly rock. It's very barren. It's very barren, okay. And um, I was out there and I thought, oh man, this incredible tree. I'm going to stop and take a photo of this tree. Um, one, because I was exhausted and no one could see me that I thought. And, but two... I, just, I was just blown away. And let, let, let's check this out here, this picture of this tree that I saw. 
Hopefully you can see that. Can you see that? This is an Australian native tree that it's like, let's all have one guess as to which way the wind blows on that island, hey? But I saw that, and if we can leave that up on, for a moment, team. I just love what this tree has done because over, over moments and over days and weeks and years, this tree has learnt to bow to the wind. And I stopped and I just looked at this and I'm just like, God, that's, that's what I want in my relationship with you. Isn't that what we want in our relationship with God? That whichever the way the wind blows, whichever way the Spirit, Holy Spirit would direct us, whenever we hear the, the, the words of God leading us, and even if it's something unnatural, and we go like, could that be God? Like, you know, is God asking me to step out in faith in that way? When we feel challenged by God, maybe when we, when, when we worship and God reveals something to us that actually we're, we're learning moment by moment to bow to the wind. And this tree, I'm not... I don't find this tree particularly beautiful. I don't, do you find it beautiful? I don't find it so beautiful, but gee, it's amazing, isn't it? It's incredible. And I thought at, at the start it was actually kind of dying because the branches looked like quite dry and hard as they touched the ground. It wasn't. It's because there was a heaps, heaps of kids that come in and play with it and do all this stuff. But it's, actually, it's, it's, it's in full health in this, in, just in the midst of these rocks and this tiny bit of soil and it's bent over by the wind, but it's completely healthy. It's incredible. I feel like my life changed when I began to realise that some of those most amazing special things in life don't look particularly pretty. But they come with power and they come with the presence of God. I'm not sure if we've got it, media team, but um, late last year, uh, we had a young lady at our Moolap congregation was baptised, Caitlin. We might, we might have her picture up here um, in, a, in a moment if you can find it, team. And Caitlin was sharing her story about how she was at a loss. She felt so trapped in, um, in depression and anxiety. And this is, she shared this story openly. Here's Caitlin coming out of the water after being baptised. That looks like someone who's pretty miserable, doesn't it? Gee, a joke because she shared about how she wanted to get baptised because one night she ended up in ED because her anxiety and fear was that crippling. And uh, she had family at home that were praying for her. And in the midst of the ED, and she was, she was listening to the medical staff and doing this, and, she, and, and in her words, she just says, it was like a weight just came off me and it's never come back. And, and to be part of Caitlin's baptism where you see the look in her face as she comes out of the water and she said like, the reason I'm getting baptised is because God showed up and what else can I do with my life apart from follow Him passionately? And I think of those words of Jesus to Nicodemus and I think of Caitlin's baptism and I just think, that's what it looks like when the Spirit starts to blow. And we can't plan for things like that, can we? But we can have faith Planning says we're going to do this, this, and then we're going to do this. Faith says that we believe God is in control and His Spirit will blow and we might not know where it starts or where it's going to end up, but in power, amazing things will happen and lives will be transformed because it's faith that was encountered in that ED department that night. What a blessing that we get to be part of that. What a blessing that we get to be part of that. And that's the same thing that I found. I look back now and I think, oh, that's what was happening in the church that I was part of. That's what was happening with those, those small number of people in that country church gathered around that organ singing hymns from however long ago. 
What was happening there is together they were, they were going, we're not gonna stand upright and try and do our own thing. Whatever comes, we're gonna bend to the power of the Holy Spirit. We're gonna bend to the presence of God in our lives. That's what it was. I wish that I knew it then what I know it to be now. To be able to go back to my mates at the footy club now and be able to say, oh, do you know what? A relationship, a transforming relationship with God is not out of reach. Anyone can come to him. You just, God just wants you to bend your life, be bent by the power of God in your life. Don't try and do this by yourself. Don't try and do it alone. A little while later in the Bible, there's this incredible picture of what it looks like for Nicodemus to go, do you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be overcome by God's power and respond accordingly. And we pick it up here in John 19, 38 to 40. And we've moved on quite a bit here. Jesus um, has entered in his final days and he's ultimately been crucified on a cross, uh, as was prophesied, as was predicted. And so Jesus is, is hanging on a cross and we, and we pick up the story there where it says, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus and Pilate gave him permission. So he came away and took his body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mix of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. What was Nicodemus's response to the words of Jesus? I love how we're not told a lot as to what happened in between these two exchanges, but something has changed so significantly for Nicodemus that and that symbolism of coming at night time and then coming in the day uh, is, is huge. And so here's Nicodemus in full, full view of everyone, at, you know, and he just says, I'm gonna come and I'm gonna invest my time, my energy, my finances, my effort, everything I have. I just want my whole life to be about what God wants me to do. I want my life to be centred on God. I love how Nicodemus, like this is not, this is not the, the actions of a person who's just been completely spontaneous. He's planned it and he's thought it through. And he's gone, you know what? If my life is gonna be any different, it's going to be different because I'm going to put Jesus at the centre of it time and time and time again. I don't know how many of you make New Year's resolutions, but it seems to be a good time for heaps of people. The calendar turns over and we say, you know, well, things are going to be change, going to change. And you read every book or newspaper article, it's all, it's all about actually what we can do in the coming year to be different. And again, I think this is where we've got a different story to tell as a church, as people who follow Jesus, because, you know, 2023, we might make resolutions, but thank God that God has made some resolutions that aren't gonna change, hey? This year, God has resolved that he's gonna, he's determined that he's gonna bless you with a day at a time. God's gonna bless you with a day at a time where you can choose, we can choose what we're gonna do with it, what we're gonna value, what we're going to contribute to, what we're going to participate in. 
God has blessed each and every one of us that 2023, he's gonna give us a day at a time where we can choose to say, Holy Spirit, presence of God, Jesus, whatever you wanna say, come and work in my life. Come and work in my life. Come and move in my life. And you might think, man, after the last couple of years, like that's reassuring that 2023 might be kind of normal or look like I hope it's gonna look like. The presence of Scripture is that it may look really different. It may look really different because the presence and the power of God, and that is a good thing. God's resolution is to give you another day. And wouldn't it be great that this year, day by day, we're like that tree that we just go, we are learning to bend more and more to the presence of God. That when God speaks to us, we would respond Maybe doubts and all, we would say, God, we just want to be in for whatever you are doing. I reckon that sounds like a great year. Why don't we all stand together and we're going to sit, sing a song to um, almost like a, a prayer together now. And... Almost had a new member of the band for a minute there, didn't we? That was good. Why don't, we, why don't we pray together? Father God, we thank you so much that you're unchanging, that the same power and presence that changed Nicodemus is the, it's the same, you're the same Holy Spirit. You know, Father God, you, wanted, you desire to reside in us. You know, as Nicodemus stood before that cross, he, his words go back to your words, Jesus, where you said, you know, Father God, you'd give your only son so we're no longer separated from a loving God. And God, we wanna thank you that those words are still true, that you don't come to condemn us, you come to save us. So those words empowered Nicodemus to stand before the cross. We, we, never, we never go back for something if we're condemned, but we wanna move forward because something has saved us and your spirit is the same. So if you've come in this morning and you feel like you, you might feel like you've already mucked up 2023. Right now in your heart, why don't you say, why don't you echo those words and that promise that God came not for condemnation, but to save you. So you can say wholeheartedly, God, I wanna receive your forgiveness afresh this morning. May today be different. May this year be different as we learn to bend to the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you that that remains the same. We may, be, we may change, we may choose to wander off, Lord God. But you are the same. And Holy Spirit, come and blow afresh in our lives that we may be witnesses and ambassadors to the, your work, that we have a different story to tell because you are alive, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your presence and thank you for the difference that makes in our life. May everything we do be a blessing and honour to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.